Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Muller She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is Allison Gill of Muller She Wrote and the Daily Beans podcast. We have a lot to discuss, a lot to fit in. So before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com slash start me up check out all the tiers i do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads you can hear the free shows on tuesdays and thursdays and they're followed up by what's up a show just for patrons where i talk about anything that comes to mind it's a little more personal kind of like my online diary visit patreon.com slash start me up and don't forget you can find start me up on itunes stitcher and wherever podcasts are found now please enjoy my conversation with allison gill welcome back to the show allison Oh, hello. Thank you so much. How are you, Kimberly? I'm okay. And now I, I want to sing um, the song Allison, except that no one no one else wants me to do that. <laughs> how often do how often do people sing that song to you? <laughs> All the time. I'm and sure. You know, I believe your aim is true. So <laughs> Well, I do not have a good singing voice, so nobody I'm mean, every once in a while when I'm on Bob Suska's after party, he'll play something. And I may sing along a little bit, but, you know, that's all I'll do. Um, all right. So I just want to jump right in because so much fucking shit is going on and there's a whole bunch of stuff I want to talk to you about. Um, so first I'm going to start off with, and, and I want to get into the 1-6 thing, but first we have to start off in Russia because the other day I posted something and you replied and I just want to get into it. So first of all, Macron says that there's dark days coming for Ukraine after he spoke with Putin. And so, the, yeah, the other day I tweeted something and I think it was like, you know, we're all watching. The whole world is watching Russia beat up on Ukraine, kill people, destroy the country. And we're all just watching. And I feel that that's morally wrong. Now, on the other hand, I understand getting involved very, you know, it would mean World War Three. And do I want World War Three? Although some people are calling it World War Three right now. Um, mm-hmm. They're not a part of NATO. So I, I get why. I totally understand everything that's at stake. But yet, morally, I struggle with this problem. Well, I mean, I think today there was reports coming out that Putin is going to start uh, doing assassinations and public executions. So yeah. what are your thoughts on all of this? Yeah, I'm with you. I wish my thought is why not do more? Why not? you know secure a no-fly zone mm-hmm. send in you know some fighters some some you know top guns mm-hmm. um to just bomb the shit out of that convoy or whatever um because like everyone's like well that's technically you know that's crossing the line where we're engaging with russia mm-hmm. and then we're mm-hmm. you know and but you know my my thought there is but you know he's not a real he's not really a rule follower <laughs> right <laughs> uh, not exactly like well i'm gonna leave the united states alone because they haven't technically engaged me yet. right yeah <laughs> uh, we've, we've led helped lead the world with level like just absolute decimating sanctions i yeah. mean they're you know he won't even open the stock market because he knows what's gonna happen <laughs> yeah yeah We've cut him off from his six hundred and thirty billion dollar war chest. His yeah. rainy days, he can't access that. Hmm. Uh, no jets can come to the U.S. airspace. Like all the 
crippling sanctions and mm-hmm. they're they're expanding them to include a, a lot of different oligarchs and Putin himself. Uh, like he's sitting there saying, well, I'll just leave them alone until they actually fire up shot at me. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he's that that's in his mind. He mm-hmm. seems, you know, he called for um, to put his nuclear, um, you know, I guess people on <laughs> alert or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, and it's like, well, what? Why do you think he would not? engage us mm-hmm. we have troops over there we have like eight thousand ten thousand troops over there mm-hmm. is he really like holding off because of the rules of war tell him not to or you know so i'm i'm kind of with you like i'm like why aren't we like i i said the other day like wait a minute why don't we go in <laughs> allison telling war jokes <laughs> i have laugh or I'll cry because I know. I, watching the resolve of the of the of the Ukrainian people mm-hmm. and just feeling there's nothing you can do and they're just sitting ducks and mm-hmm. there's so much and he's using um, weapons that are against the Geneva Convention again mm-hmm. just breaking rules committing war crimes yeah and then there's also you know okay stay away from me I'm going to nuke you if you get in the way okay well then what's go- what is he's going to say the same thing the next time and the next time, I mean, I don't know, you know, there's talk that he, you know, Rachel Maddow was even saying that people who know him are basically thinking that he's lost his marbles. And, uh-huh. you know, so there's that. We don't know what's going to happen with him. I mean, is, is he going to, is he going to Hitler out on us? Is he going to go to a bunker and kill himself? I, I don't know. Um, I think really, I mean, unfortunately, as long as the United States chooses not to step in, um, outside of imposing sanctions and, and the other things we're doing to help. Honestly, I think the the best case scenario would be for the Russians to overthrow mm-hmm. him or the, you know, the oligarchs to turn on him. There's that one oligarch who put a measly $1 million bounty on his head. I mean, a million dollars, really? <laughs> but um, I don't know. I mean, what do you... Th- okay, that's the other thing I want to ask you about, too, is because it, it's... It seems to me, like, I saw this woman today. She was posting about going over to Etsy, like, for Etsy, for people in Russia, and commenting on whatever the, it is they are selling and say, hey, this thing is really nice, but then going into this whole long thing about the truth of Russia and Putin and Ukraine to let average citizens kind of know what's going on and what the world is thinking about them. And, you know, I saw the other night on MSNBC, somebody, whoever it was, was saying the young people in Russia are getting their news from the Internet, which I'm sure is monitored and they only get a portion of, you know, of what's available. I don't know. I don't exactly know in Russia how it works, but the young people are on the Internet getting their news and older people. It's just like here watching Fox News. The older people are watching Mm -hmm. Russian television and getting misinformation. But... But, but, but the ruble is, is like crashed and that's affecting older people. And so I think some of these older people are going to start waking up and realizing, oh, wait a minute, this is, we're getting fucked over again. And if the young people can recognize and they have relatives and friends who live in Ukraine and understand that it's democracy, they understand that they are in this unique position right now where they could all stand up. And I don't, I mean, I don't know how it would fucking work because I'm just a podcaster and I don't have all the answers, but the idea that the country could like really stand up against this um autocracy and oligarchy do, do you think that there's a chance that that's even going to happen 
I think that that's the best way to end this, mm-hmm. uh, or the most, not the best, but mm-hmm. the probably most um, likely way that it would oh, end. Okay, uh, okay. Because, it, like you said, with the, with these sanctions against the oligarchs, the guy has to sell the Chelsea football team, <laughs> um, and that's a couple billion dollars. Uh, they're going to start turning on, yeah. on, on Putin, and some of them are already turning up suicided. Really? Uh, I didn't know yeah. that. Another one today who was wow. uh, found dead. And so the fact that, and, and you know, we don't have any proof that, that Putin had these people murdered, mm-hmm. but my suspicions are high. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, uh, you know, shit, we're either going to get killed or, you know, we got to, you know, get rid of, you know, the, it's got to be from within, right? Mm-hmm. It has to be from yeah. within because if, if, unless they go into some NATO airspace, mm-hmm. Start shooting at NATO soldiers or NATO forces. We we can't. You know, we're not we going to do it. Yeah. Article five, and and regardless of how we feel about it, I don't think Biden's going to engage. Unless... <laughs> you mean Biden's not going to look at my tweets? <laughs> 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 He's not going to base his uh, foreign policy stuff on my tweets? Are you fucking kidding me? Um, yeah, no. I mean, and I get it. You know, I I get it. I understand, but I just feel like you know this. He is our Hitler. And I mean, he's not our Hitler yet. He's Ukraine's Hitler, but he's the world's Hitler again. We've got another madman who's just going nutso. And I, I just feel like we cannot allow. I mean, oh, my God, for all these years, Donald Trump. I mean, we had to kind of let him get away with what he got away with because the Republicans refused to hold him accountable. And the Democrats only had so much power, you know, in the, in the you know, after the midterms, they got a little more power and they were able to impeach him, but they weren't able to do much else. And so. We've been watching for so long people with power fucking everything up and just like we're just watching. And now I think people don't realize that the reason that Putin was able to hold on to power for 22 years is because he uh, successfully pulled off the kind of shit that Trump tried to pull off last year. Yeah. Wow. That's a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I think... Now, uh, the other thing I want to ask you about this is that I do see some people, uh, talking heads, pundits, etc., mentioning they think this is going to be like a years-long war. I can't even imagine. I mean, I don't think Putin's going to have the money to keep going for years. I don't know what the outcome is going to be. Hopefully, like you said, likely scenario or hopeful scenario where they overthrow him. But, I mean, I don't know who would be replacing him, and I don't know where the country would go, but it would be so great if we could get to some kind of Russian version of democracy. Um, get, get, get Overthrow Putin, get Navalny out of jail, and put him in charge. Yes, become, yes, yes. That democracy. Would, Have your, you know... That would be awesome. But, I mean, will they do that? I don't know. But, I mean, providing that... Uh, I mean, like I said... Russia doesn't seem like it's capable right now of years and years and years and years of war. Do you, do you have any kind of like gut feeling how long this thing might go on? No. Um, with the crippling sanctions, the way they are and Mm -hmm. the oligarch squeezed, it's, it's longer than it should. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah. for, For the Ukrainian people. Right. But again, I you know I'm with you. I don't know the solution here. I my my gut feeling is to just go in and fucking annihilate them. Yeah. 
now because he's not going to stop at Ukraine. No, if he he's takes not. Ukraine going to go for NATO, um, and so. And he's going to threaten gonna, nuclear weapons. Yeah, he's going to. I think he's going to do that regardless. Yeah. Uh, of whether a shot is fired from us or, or not. Yeah. Um. I uh, yeah. I mean, can't they? Like, can we put some of our our pilots in some MiG twenty nines and you know <laughs> disguise ourselves? And go and fuck shit up. Like I like I'm trying to think of. There's got to be. There's got to be something. Yeah, but it is important for us to follow the rules, right? Yeah. Because if we if we, if we break the rules that that you know, it's kind of like what's going on at home with the Department of Justice. Everybody <laughs> wants run, end runs around. Mm-hmm process and you know lock them all up now and mm-hmm. fail and don't think about criminals rights defendants rights mm-hmm. and and the constitution and it's like look we can't right. we can't fight for democracy while fucking democracy it's yeah. the same with the Geneva convention we got to follow these rules mm-hmm. or what good are they i mean if we're the superpower in the world and we skirt right. those rules so it's just it's it's a yeah it's a, a conundrum very un- and I wish we, Ukraine was part of NATO. I don't understand why they're not. I know. I know. It's just, it's so incredibly frustrating. And then, you know, I mean, everybody loves, everybody loves Ukraine now. Everybody loves Zelensky and for good reason. And to, to watch, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping that what's going on over there is getting to these people who choose not to vote in this country and that they have an understanding. I mean, it's a lot. It's a big fucking ask. I know. But it's like, understand what we're up against. Fucking whether it's Donald Trump or or DeSantis, they're going, they may not behave exactly like Putin, at least not right away, but give DeSantis some time. I think Trump would. But these people in this country who don't vote need to realize this is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with, uh, you know, it's, it's autocracy versus democracy. And I don't know. I'm just, I know people are paying attention and I know that the world is aware of what's going on but uh, you know the voters in this country have are, are not really informed they're not engaged but i'm just hoping that this is going to be something that wakes everybody up because and then on top of it in i guess starting in april we're going to have these one six hearings which leads me to this next question and this okay so there's new news today scott mcfarland comes out in a tweet and says in a new legal filing filing the House uh, Select January 6th Committee says the Select Committee also has good faith basis for concluding that President and members of his campaign engaged in a criminal conspiracy to defraud the United States. And then Robert Costa said that he just spoke to Kinzinger about the committee's latest filing. And he and so um, I guess Kinzinger said in terms of anything beyond that for a criminal perspective, that's up to the DOJ and not us. Okay, so we all know that I think anybody listening to this show knows where you stand on Garland. <laughs> and, and I'm pretty much with you. I mean, sometimes I get impatient, but like yeah. you said, there are certain rules that have to be followed, and sometimes I just express myself with my impatience, but it's not that I expect, again, Garland to be reading my treats and going, oh, my God, Kimberly's saying something, and I have to go, I have to go do it. Um, but, you know, <laughs> if you look at it this way, Barb McQuaid last week, wrote a 27-page mock charging document uh, for just security. 
uh, about publicly available evidence and information that shows that charges could be brought against Trump. And 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 sh- this is before the filing, right? Obviously, the filing came last night. Mm-hmm. This is Barb McQuaid last week, and I had her on. I had her on the Daily Beans to talk about it. And she says there are two charges, and that's U.S. 18 U.S. Code 371 and 18 U.S. Code. Um, 1512 C2 and lo and behold those are the two charges mm-hmm. that, um, that the January 6th committee uh, and, and mind you they're filing this to to get to, to put down the argument that, that John Eastman's commu- email communications from Chapman University are attorney client privilege mm-hmm. they, they aren't filing this to, for arrests right they're just right. saying hey here's why his emails aren't protected by attorney client privileges because of the crime fraud exception and we find these two crimes happened mm-hmm. and that's uh, conspiracy to defraud the united states and obstructing official proceeding and and so it's exactly the way that barb mcquaid laid it out so while the doj and the 1-6 committee might not pick up our tweets because mm-hmm. I've been tweeting about 12 <laughs> C2 for months. <laughs> they might listen to Barb McQuaid. You right, know, kind yes, of, yes, kind yes. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. And, and they have some incredible prosecutors working with them, former federal prosecutors uh, it, as, you know, house counsel. They have a huge team of, of actual criminal prosecutors working mm-hmm. on this. So the question for Kinzinger shouldn't, shouldn't be you know what's going to come of this the question should be did you make a criminal referral to the department of justice hmm. or are you going to right uh, i would assume they would they really need to because the department yeah. of justice can act on these public filings but yeah. again as i've said and and i i don't necessarily agree that this is the right way to do it but merrick garland may be waiting for either a referral from the inspector general of the department of justice because that is a nonpartisan entity mm-hmm. or the bipartisan congressional uh, one six select committee yeah. to make a referral to him so that he can say ah this wasn't politically motivated i took a recommendation and a referral from a nonpartisan or bipartisan entity and simply investigated based on that referral and that thereby keeping it at arm's length that it's any kind of a political witch hunt now of course the republicans are going to say that anyway mm-hmm. but when trying to prove it in court and in front of yeah. a jury it can make a difference yeah you know what we're going to talk a little more about this in just a second but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back hey there it's kimberly if you'd like to support the start me up podcast just visit patreon.com slash start me up you'll see all the different tiers you can make your choice and you will have my undying gratitude thank you so much okay we're back so, um, as far are are you pretty much still feeling the same way you feel about Garland? It's just like let him do his thing. Yeah, I mean it's been a year, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and like there, <laughs> there are you know school administration test cheating scandals that take two and a half years to investigate. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah, <laughs> and so I'm like, it's only been a year. Um, yeah, the only. The, my main complaint is, first of all, if he is waiting for a referral, I'm like, that's, you don't have to do that, bro. Right. <laughs> but, but the but the good news is, is if he is waiting for a referral, the investigative work will be mostly done, and mm. it, it wouldn't take long mm-hmm. uh, to to make a charging decision. Not not to charge him, but to make a charging decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my main complaint, and and I've talked about this with Pete Strzok, for example. Mm-hmm who was the head FBI agent on the Mueller investigation and also the head FBI agent on the Hillary Clinton email investigation. Uh, and he, he said, you know, the thing that is really missing for me is that the sense of urgency from mm-hmm. the department, 
Yeah. You know, they come out and announce, we've got a klepto capture unit. We've got a, this unit. We've got this new unit that's going to look after school boards. We got this thing going on. We're putting resources on this. And it's like, well, what are you doing about yeah. the January 6th thing? You don't have to tell me that you're investigating. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, what resources are you putting behind this and how urgent is this? That yeah. has not been expressed, I think, from the department. And I think that that's what people, what's frustrating people because when, you know, the DOJ by – by design is quiet and slow mm-hmm. and that is a, a bad recipe for public opinion yes <laughs> um and it is frustrating because this is so fucking urgent as mm-hmm. we see what autocracies do abroad mm-hmm. we have to stop it here and accountability is the way to do that um one of the ways it's not the only way i don't mm-hmm. want everyone to think that all of our problems will go away if donald trump is arrested they right. won't no they won't um so again it's 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 very frustrating and i understand that and i share in that frustration mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I, I, i'm waiting to see i mean if he decides not to do anything then i'll be fucking pissed yeah i know and i mean i can't imagine i literally can't imagine that you have this one six committee saying okay we have found criminal activity and big time criminal activity and garland just I, I it's hard for me to imagine and it's like i see people on Twitter and they'll go he's gonna do nothing okay stop with that shit I mean I don't I don't think he's gonna do nothing I don't know what he's gonna do none of us know exactly what he's gonna do but it just seems to me I think that you know he made it very clear in his speech last month that he was gonna start from the bottom and that everybody involved was you know they were gonna pay attention to everybody I'm going to take him at his word for that. And just like you said, it's only been a year. So there, like very well may be that we see in 2023 would see an indictment on Donald Trump or somebody high up. So I'm just, you know, it's, it is frustrating. And like you said, public opinion makes it hard because every single day that goes by and we're being bombarded by just these fucking endlessly stressful events. Now it's Vladimir Putin attacking this poor country. And it's, it's, it's so much to ask of us, but all of us have to, I think, we just have to remember everything that you just said and kind of calm the fuck down and, and, yeah. and let things happen. And the timelines are apparent to me, having been through the Mueller investigation, having studied Watergate. You know, we, I put out a tweet last September. I was like, hey, is anybody connecting this Eastman letter with this Jeffrey Clark <laughs> fellow? That seems like a conspiracy. That seems like a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. At six months ago. And look at that. That's yeah. to get indictments out, to get investigative results from the Mueller investigation mm-hmm. on Manafort Gates. And then also in September is when we found out that Sidney Powell was being subpoenaed and, and investigated for her participation in January 6th by the Department of Justice at the U.S. Attorney's Office in D.C. And and I said six months. That's how long it could take hmm. before we see any movement on that. And that's going to be later this month, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. If the timelines hold up. So things are actually going along timelines of similar sorts of criminal conspiracies that we've seen. Yeah. Uh, but we just base we just have nothing to compare this to. We can't say, well, the last <laughs> failed attempted coup by an autocrat <laughs> took a year and a nine months. You know, we don't have we don't yeah. have anything to compare it to. And so being in the dark is what is the most frustrating and I think actually traumatic for a lot of a lot It of is. It's very traumatic. And I mean I've noticed that myself. Just in the last couple of weeks I've been having such I mean it was prior to Russia invading Ukraine. 
just, you know, these feelings, and I know there are other people out there feeling what I am in their own way, but it's like up and down, up and down, up and down. And, you know, there were a couple of days where I just couldn't even fucking deal with looking at Twitter or, or looking at the news, and I was just going through my, you know, my photo albums and posting pictures, you know, from yesteryear and kind of just like stepping out of this because it's so much. And I saw also some guy tweeted like, can I just turn this hell sign on and, and see something that doesn't enrage me? And I think right now that that's kind of impossible. It's impossible to turn on social media, even if you're just following people that you trust and, and you know are legitimate. It's, it's, it, there's so much that's happening and we're all collectively being traumatized. And I think, you know, it's really important to do whatever you can to uh, kind of pull yourself out of it for a while because it's so overwhelming. And the other overwhelming thing I want to ask you about, and you know what, I haven't talked about this at all. And so I do really, really want to know what you have to say. Um, as far as those two prosecutors uh, resigning in the, uh, the, the Bragg prosecutors. Now, uh, I guess Bragg is supposedly saying that there's really nothing there, that he doesn't think there's going to be enough to, I guess, come, you know, get to an indictment or get to any kind of um, prosecution as far as Donald Trump is concerned with that DA investigation. What do, what do you think is going on there? I mean, some people think that those, those two prosecutors were uh, purchased or something. No, those two prosecutors were badass, and they were the ones who did all the work and ran the grand jury and were ready to indict. Um, they just needed to get a couple more people into the grand jury, and apparently they weren't. But Bragg wasn't reading their memos or having taking meetings with them about it. And if Bragg, and, and this of course is alleged and not proven, but mm -hmm. if Bragg's, I'm, I don't think I'm going to go after Donald Trump after being there for a month and a half, mm -hmm. you know, telling lawyers who'd been there doing this for two over two years. That is very frustrating. The thing is, is though, and I've heard reports that there are resignation letters and they're not being released. I would like to see those, and I would also like to hear from Dunn and, and Pomerantz, the yeah. two uh, men that, that resigned, because you don't just resign unless either it's just the investigation's over, mm -hmm. and you're like, well, we couldn't find anything. Here's our declination. Here's why we just decided not to prosecute. Have a good day. We're going back to our private practices. Or you're pissed. Mm -hmm. And... And so, you know, all all reporting indicates that they're pissed. pissed but here's yeah. the thing that I don't get. Uh, well, kind of, I have a I have a theory. <laughs> Why isn't Donald Trump grabbing onto that and bragging about it? Look, they couldn't mm. find anything on me, so right. they're they're resigning. Yeah, that is something that he would, by yeah. all other accounts, and in any normal world for him at least, would be something that he would latch on to yeah. and and talk about but he hasn't and i think the reason is is because that's his defense in the new york attorney general civil case he's trying to argue hey i've got a criminal case going on over here mm -hmm. and so you're trying to make a civil case into a criminal case and use what you are going to get from my depositions that you're about to, that we're about to be compelled to make in a criminal case and that's not fair now of course the judge said that's totally fucking fair you can you can plead the fifth that's your right and it can't be used against you in a criminal case <laughs> but it can be used against you in the civil case and then that's why the judge said you can't use it as a sword and a shield hmm. um, the fifth amendment mm -hmm. but if he if there's no more case if there's no more criminal case 
that is that is Donald Trump's entire defense for for not having to be deposed by the civil case in the New York Attorney General's office. So I think he's being keeps keeping quiet about that. Like, no, yeah. it's still going full bore. Right. They're after me. Yeah. They're attacking me, and this could be used against me. This civil case could be used against me criminally, and that's unconstitutional. It's not, yeah. but right. it's his only defense it's a shitty defense but it's his only defense and i think i think that's why he hasn't glommed onto that um little bit of news yet so then why is bragg so um i don't even know what the word is i mean he you know i'm seeing here in jane meyer wrote in the new yorker that he was slow to meet with the prosecutors he seemed disinterested in the probe um he just he acted disengaged and distracted what's the fucking deal with him when he put out his memo his hot memo when he first got there he got a lot of blowback for it and so i think he's politically afraid hmm. that's what i think and that's wow. just a guess you know? but yeah. but i really 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 want to hear from dunn and pomerantz yeah. i want to see their resignation letters i want to know why they left that's so incredibly frustrating because it seems to me i mean obviously we we've got a, a huge case in uh, georgia where he was on the phone you know, demanding those 11,000 votes be found. Uh, that's that's a pretty big fucking deal. But I think everybody was looking at the at this particular case in the DA because it was a criminal case having to do with his business, his finances. And, um, you know, and we, we always hear that it's mobsters are taken down because of money, not because they went out and killed somebody. And so uh -huh. how discouraged are you with this information? With the, with the, with the, that they might go down for money and not for the coup? No, no, no. With the, I mean, because, okay, let me let me just rephrase that. With Dunn and Pomerantz leaving, I mean, the, one of the articles that I found, and again, I hadn't been following or even talking about this, so I don't know too much. I only know what I just read. And then I think one of the, it might have been the New Yorker's article that said why this particular investigation is basically dead now. So, is, I mean, is it dead? Is it just going to go away? Well, <clears throat> the person that um, Bragg elevated to run that team of 25 lawyers in the Manhattan DA's office to take the place of, of Don and Pomerantz is actually a really, really good, talented, fair-minded person. But I also thought that about Bragg. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm. I, this is just a situation where I'm going to have to um, wait and see. Unfortunately, it's... <laughs> <laughs> It's I, I call it tantric justice, Kimberly. <laughs> That's perfect. Oh my god. It's like they're fucking edging us. Oh you know? my god, Tant that is fucking funny. I mean, you gotta laugh, right? <laughs> oh my god. Well, I guess we're all just gonna fucking wait and see. It does seem though that I mean, as April approaches and we're gonna be seeing these, you know public hearings i think you know is also with the escalation in russia and god only knows how the republicans are going to be behaving every, be behaving every day they just get more and more crazy and you know with marjorie three names and bobert screaming like monkeys at the state of the union the behavior of them i'm i'm truly truly just hoping that this builds up reason for american people to say oh my god we don't want this shit in the midterms i'm just hopeful and then the last thing i want to talk about so, oh, oh. Uh, one one thing because you brought up a point earlier about people who don't vote. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. I see a lot of people on social media. Fuck Pelosi. Why isn't she expelling 
Bobert and Green. I yeah. can't believe she's just doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And I, my response is, look, Nancy Pelosi can't expel no. Bobert and Green without a two-thirds vote. And right. The reason we don't have two-thirds in the House is because 120 million Americans stayed home. Mm-hmm. And and if you're able to vote, I have to add that caveat because a lot of people yeah. vote suppressed. Yeah. If you're able to vote and you don't, yeah. it's your fault, yep. not Pelosi's, not mm-hmm. Biden's. <laughs> Not mine, mm-hmm. not the progressives, not the squads, not mm-hmm. the moderates, not mansions or cinemas. It's mm-hmm. your fucking fault. Yes. A hundred fucking percent. Yeah. I mean, I wrote a book about the importance of voting. And basically, I wrote it for myself as a young woman who was just not politically engaged. I mean, I was fortunate enough to have a mother who was extremely politically engaged. And I did start voting. Uh, at a young age and basically I would just ask her you know who are you voting for and I would follow that I wasn't following politics so at least I was putting out and my mom's very very democratic progressive without being annoying and you know just wants good for people so anyway um, but I was not paying attention to it and you know and then I know that the one thing I will say though and I can't speak for everybody but when I was younger the things that would have grabbed my attention were things like this big 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 deal shits sensationalistic <laughs> shit that's always what got my attention i mean i remember like watching shock and awe and the gulf wars on television and any time we and, and russia would be absolutely be taking my attention i think i would have also started paying attention because of all the abortion laws but that's just me so i mean yeah i i people need to vote and if they don't vote and they're not if they're able to vote and they choose not to then it is 100 percent on them um yeah, and our message should be if you if, if you don't vote, that's a vote for Putin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that from you, <laughs> or you can tweet it out and I'll retweet it. But that's so fucking true. Um, mm-hmm. And and just to end this on somewhat of a positive note, fingers crossed. Let's hope. It does seem like the uh, the COVID situation is easing up a little bit. I know that there were there was talk of what was it the stealth Omicron variant. And, and, you know, we've been hearing about it a little, but I haven't been hearing enough about it to start feeling worried. And I've been checking within my county and for the longest, I mean, God, I think back in January, the numbers were in the thousands of people, of cases, not deaths, but cases in my county. I think it was like the worst was maybe 3,400. Today and for the past few days, it's been around 67. So Uh I'm figuring... That, you know, I mean, even though in I think it was January or maybe February of last year prior to vaccinations, we were around this number, Um, maybe maybe into March. But still, this time around, we're vaccinated and boosted, at least the ones who are have that extra protection. And I know vaccines start to wane after about four months. But um, I think with the lower cases and the and, and I and I know you got it. Oh my God! Are, do you have any like after effects from it? No, Good. none. Good. Hopefully, you never will. But I mean, I think that's hopeful. And you know, Biden talked about it in the State of the Union, and he was saying how you know you can go get tested, and at the testing site, if you test positive, you will automatically be given an antiviral pill. So uh-huh. we're getting a hold on this, and I, I'm I don't know about you, but I mean, and you've gotten it. So you've got a little bit of layer of protection on top of what you, you know, of your vaccinations. So for a while, you're okay. I think you could just like go out, like start kissing strangers and you'd probably be okay. But I mean, are you feeling this like hopeful thing? Do you, do you think we're out of the woods? Um, I think it's going to be waves. I think this is endemic. I think we're going to have months of 
okay times and then we're going to have months of not okay times Mm -hmm. uh and i think it'll be like the you know like the flu where you're going to need to keep getting boosters um until maybe about two or three years in and then you'll be able to just get like a flu shot but for covid right Uh, and and it'll it'll chill out a little bit after it's you know run its mutation chains Mm -hmm. um but again i I, this is (laughs) I, I know I sound like I should know what I'm talking about because I'm <laughs> public health and, and uh, you know, epidemiology. But uh, that's kind of how it, it's all conjecture. But that's how I that's how I see this yeah. going. And from all of the the people in the medical field that I've worked with for over a decade, that's kind of what they're what they seem like they're saying. So enjoy yeah. the times when we have low cases and right. when we don't. Get the fuck inside. Now, I don't have kids, so I'm speaking to someone who doesn't have kids. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even imagine what it's like to have somebody under five right now no in kidding. my house. Yeah, I'm so fucking grateful. I am so grateful. I mean, I've got a seven-year-old niece. She's been vaccinated, but of course, there's still the fear that, you know, she goes to school and gets it and brings it home. So, um, you know, it's like you're saying, and, and I think, I was it Fauci wrote something not too long ago, kind of saying what you were saying, we're heading into the endemic uh, phase of this and yeah it's just it's it's going to be a, about shots yearly shots and you know we're just going to see more of it in the winter time I'm going to assume and that's just the way it's going to be but it does look like it's getting to a point now where it's manageable and we're not all so stuck and you know I'm seeing people all over social media and I'm, whether or not I would do it but I'm seeing people going out and being with other people and like uh-huh. yesterday I went to the grocery store because that's what I do on Wednesdays and nobody um, uh, th- there's no longer a mask mandate but I would say probably about 75% of the people that I saw were still wearing masks so I imagine as the time goes by we'll see less masks but uh-huh. We're also going to be seeing less cases. So that's a good thing. So that's where we're going to end this on the good, the good, pos- <laughs> the good positive news of the day. So, you know, fuck you, COVID. And finally, uh, the worst of you hopefully is over. And, you know, I just adore you, Allison. I love talking to you. And I'm so grateful that you had the time to speak because the other night when we were doing Twitter, I'm like, oh, my God, I have to talk to her. So <laughs> I need to talk to her about this on my show. So I'm so grateful you are available. And of course, like every other show, tell everybody where they're going to find you. Oh, everywhere you get your podcasts except Spotify. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, the Daily Beans Pod is our weekday news with swearing. It uh, comes out every weekday morning. And then, of course, I've got Clean Up on Aisle 45 coming out on Wednesdays. And I've got the MSW Book Club and Muller She Wrote on Sundays. And you can follow me on Twitter at Muller She Wrote. Or if you want to get more personal, I'm at Allison Gill. Two L's in Allison, two L's in Gill. <laughs> awesome. So much going on for you. Um, Yeah, you can find my books on Amazon. I'm author Kimberly L-E-Y on Twitter. Thank you, Allison, so much. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Wonderful to speak to you, too. Take care.